Hello and welcome to the New Year edition of Pick and Pod. I am Tyler Friere alongside Reed Horner. Uh, it's been a eventful 2016. I'm happy to bring in 2017 here with Reed Horner as we get ready to talk some NBA basketball. Happy New Year, Reed. Happy New Year, Tyler. How, how was your New Year's? It was good? It was nice. I spent uh, the holidays with my girlfriend and my dad in Florida. Nice. Warm weather down there, yeah? Warmer than here. <laughs> Went to the beach. It was nice. But um, 2017 came back, celebrated that, and am now just kind of excited for the new year and the new basketball season. All-star break right around the corner. You, my friend, I don't know yet. Is this confirmed that you're going to go down to New Orleans? It's not confirmed, but it's um, it's, in, it's in the works, and um, I'm actually looking for hotels now in, the, in, in New Orleans. I'm so. jealous. That's exciting. Can't, but, um, w- can't wait to get down to New Orleans. We're getting in the heart of the NBA season. Me and you, you right know we love basketball. It's the NBA. Let's get right into it. The Knicks played the young, talented Milwaukee Bucks last night, and um, <laughs> leading by 14 going into the fourth quarter, and um, somehow they find a way to lose the game, kind of like it's been the the forte for the Knicks, not doing well in uh, close games late. But I think more of the story in this one is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is am I, am I saying that right? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Antetokounmpo. He is an emerging superstar. The Greek freak. The Greek freak. I'm going to just go by that. He, the Greek freak is an emerging superstar in this league. And what he showed us last night, it's uh, doesn't doesn't show any different. He's a superstar in this league. And uh, you think he's a superstar? I think so. He's he's an emerging superstar. Emerging. There's a difference, right? A difference, I would say yeah. Melo, LeBron, those guys are superstar. superstars. He's. I think I'd put him as a. I don't think it's a superstar because a superstar has to be recognizable. He's if getting you go there, to the man. average NBA fan or the average sports fan, Antetokounmpo doesn't come to their mind when you think of NBA No, you're star, right. You're right. You, know? you got to give him some time, I think. Uh, he has a big international following, of course, being from Greek, uh, being from Greece. <clears throat> but I think um, he's definitely an emerging superstar. But let's talk about the Knicks a little bit here because they got some issues. Uh, lost six in a row. And start they were they were fourth in the Eastern Conference before the losing streak, and now I think they're tenth, I believe. And a lot of problems on defense. Jeff Hornacek has gone to the media and actually has expressed his um his frustration with the defense, which is not always a good thing for a coach to do. But it's with the with the lack of Kristaps in their defense and offense, it's certainly showing. Yeah, with the Knicks. <sighs> They're a weird team because I thought in the beginning of the season they were way better than we thought they were going to be. And now once they got our hopes up, we're all excited. Mm -hmm. Now they're not so good. But they're actually still pretty good at home, 11-7 and at home. It's the road that kills them. And when looking at this team, there's a lot of questions as to why they're not successful now and if they can be successful going on into the future. You know, I still think... Signing Joakim Noah was the biggest mistake of their offseason. He's hampered them both on their roster positioning, but money-wise. They've overpaid $20 million him. for a man that gives you two points and ten, five rebounds. Maybe ten. I think, I don't know why. Maybe Rose wanted him or whatever, but even then, Derek Rose has, has fit nicely into his new position, but he's not necessarily what I hoped he would be. I still think he has the ball too long at the end of games. And he doesn't really facilitate the way that the triangle offense He never requires. was, though. That's the thing. He's one of those kind of Steph Curry type, Russell Westbrook type of yeah. point guard. Other Russell Westbrook gets assists, but that type of score first point guard. So I don't know yeah. why anyone thought, oh, Derrick Rose is going to come in here and be Steve Nash. No. No, 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 no. Not, not that. He's going to take contested shots with 30 seconds left in the game and hope they go in. He has been playing well at the point guard position, but like we, we were just talking about, not really facilitating ball. But that's not really his his forte. I mean, Brandon Jennings, the backup point guard, is leading this team in assists with five. That's a guy who's reinvented himself. Because yes. think about we talked about that last podcast. Mm-hmm. He came into this team. I only thought of him as Mr. Heat Check, as street ball, hoop mixtape. I'm gonna score forty, but shoot thirty percent from the field. Yeah. And I don't like players like that. But he's completely come in, reinvented himself, and he's now this really good player off the bench behind Lou, behind Lou Williams for the Lakers. He is in the running, maybe potentially if the Knicks were better for six minutes a year, year, even. Yeah. I agree 100%. And I know what I think it is. I think it's because he got lowballed over the offseason because— $1 million is getting paid. $1 million is getting paid. So he said, I'm going to bet on myself, sign a one-year deal with the Knicks, and he's been playing excellent ball, picking up um, picking up uh, the players from full court. It's just—the defensive energy is something I really look at in players, and you can tell if they're engaged or not. And 
early in his early in his career, he really wasn't engaged on the defensive end. But you can tell now that he's. That's hard for him to be good on the defensive end too. Let's not be. He's he's small. He's, he's not like the he's biggest. a little slight. Yeah, you know, and that's hard in the NBA. Another guy we can talk about a little bit. Kevin Durant has shown that it, it, it does pay to be a little bit bigger, or if you can at least. No, oh, definitely with that those long arms, you can cover a lot of ground on the basketball court. But still, though, he's he's a defensive um, energizer bunny. He picks up when he picks up those guys full court. It helps. Um, it, it disrupts the team to a point where it's not so smooth. Where they can get easy buckets. So I think it's good what he's doing. I wouldn't panic about the Knicks. I think that they're not as good as they were, or they're closer to the team they were in the beginning of the season than what they are now. Again, they're playing well at home. I think as Kristaps um, develops. They're going to be that much better. I hope players like Rose and Noah, I don't want to say concede to him because they never really had anything over him, but allow him that room to grow. I think Carmelo, again, has been really good for Kristoff and this team. Mentor- maybe, mentoring him. Yeah. Maybe I'm counterintuitive, but I still don't <laughs> understand why people don't like him on this team. What he had last night, 30-10-7. and seven. This is a play. Not many guys can do that in the league still. Why get rid of him? We were but, talking about that in the pre-production meeting, yeah. It's, uh, a lot of people aren't really sold on Melo right now. I don't what understand do you, why. What, do, what are you trying to buy, though? That's the thing. It, that's the problem people have with Melo all the time is they come into Melo thinking – they're going to get something they're not. Melo is an amazing scorer. Kobe Bryant has said he is the hardest player he's ever had to cover. Mm-hmm. He is an, um, offense, an elite offensive player and will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Yes. I'm confident to say that. Yeah, me too. He's not LeBron. Never will be. That does not mean you get rid of him because there's only one LeBron. Yeah. And he's not leaving Cleveland anytime soon. His talents are staying there. <laughs> His talents so are you staying might as well keep Carmelo's talents and let him help Kristoff develop and get rid of players like Noah and Rose before you get rid of Melo. That's true. See, like, um, I was kind of on the other side of that argument because I think I think we talked about it in the last podcast. I think the Knicks should blow this team up, not necessarily like like blow it up. Like, get the problem rid of is, everybody, is the but, cap. They already spent yeah. the money. The contracts are guaranteed. The mistake was signing all these players like Noah because yeah. even if they blow it up, like you say, they still have to pay them that money. True. It's you it's, know? it's it's uh. I feel like they're in the in between stage of like rebuilding, but still trying to contend to make the playoffs. But that's the worst spot to be it's in the NBA. Middle of the pack is the worst. They're spot, not going right. to get a good enough draft pick, but they're not going to be good enough to go far in the NBA playoffs. Any casual NBA fan knows that's the biggest problem if you're if you're a fan of your team. I had that problem as a Heat fan when I was younger, uh, post obviously '06 when they won. Yeah. Think about '08, '09, that time when Dwayne Wade was. MVP candidate leading the league in scoring. They lose times. to the Hawks every year. <laughs> Joe Johnson. Yeah, I remember you, that. Yeah, team. with Atlanta, just every year it would be four two, maybe a four three, and I, I'd be somewhat happy. Like, yeah. It was one of those things. They weren't good yeah. enough. Only way you get good in the NBA, you get a free agent like they did, or you draft players like the Lakers and the well, the Bucks did. I mean, can we talk about the Bucks real quick? Yeah, Aunt man. Kubo. Yeah, of course. Um, what a player. I that's it. <laughs> exactly the Greek freak. Wow. We said it early in the podcast, emerging superstar, 6'11 frame, 7'3 wingspan. Certainly his breakout year. And What's his ceiling to you, though? Um, you think breakout year, he had a great game. I don't want to get caught up in the moment, though. Yeah. I, I, I don't see him becoming a mellow-like player, a LeBron-like player or whatever. So then what does he become? Because if he's not that, that means either you think Jabari Parker would become that or that the Bucks still need to find that guy. I think right now his numbers are 24-9-6, and six, okay? These are numbers that don't come around often, and yeah, it's only half a season, but I think he will sustain this play. I can see him being an all-NBA-type player on defense and poss- and on offense. Honestly, he'll probably make it this year with these numbers, but I think the ceiling for him is, um, damn, that's a tough question, man. I think uh, he'll be able to win some games with the Bucks. All-star. He'll be an all-star. Definitely. Perennial all-star. Perennial all-star. But if he's on the Bucks, if he re-signs with them this offseason as he's a free agent, they're gonna have to find another piece with those young, with that young core. Maybe get a savvy veteran in there to um to help him a little bit because I think you you should start building around this guy. He's amazing. You build around him and not Parker. Yes. Really. Yes. And that's a that's a tough thing to uh, say because that's the second pick in the draft, and I love Jabari no, okay. Parker. Well, here's, here's my theory. If your argument for a player is where they got drafted. Your argument is weak. And I'm not saying that's your argument, but yeah. like, like, don't think that's a re- I don't have that reasoning. 
if you're drafted first, in the, if you don't play like a first-round draft pick, a first pick in the draft, I don't care where you're drafted. I'm not going to build your team around. That's just compounding the mistakes you make. Yeah. And that's the worst thing an NBA franchise can do. Many teams, out, even outside the NBA, have done that, and, and you can't. You just try to legitimize a wrong. Instead of just admitting when you're wrong and moving on, you do that. That being said, I still think Jabari Parker... Uh, What's the ceiling it on him, you think? Has a higher ceiling than Takumba. Okay. Does that make sense? Coming into the league, we were talking about this off-air as well. Wiggins, so far, or at least people until recently, have thought to be the better pick over Jabari Parker. Coming into that draft, I was well-documented. I think I was. We're, we're working here at the station, maybe yeah. not. Jabari Parker was the best player in that draft, and I would take him number one, only because he's more skilled than Wiggins, even though Wiggins is more athletic. Now, Jabari Parker got injured. Fell off. People forgot about him. Wiggins really emerged, and to his credit, has developed his skills a lot more than I thought he would. Uh-huh. But now we look at Jabari Parker, and this guy is really not revolutionized, almost brought back a style of play that I think has been lost by a lot of guys his size. Because usually when you're around his size, you go to that kind of guard like LeBron style. I'm going to face up. Yeah, He's created a game in which he can go back you up. And he can face you up. He can distribute. I don't see... I mean, he definitely has holes in his game, but there's no more gaping holes that I think he can't cover up. Yeah. And I would just go... I'm not sold on either one of them as the franchise player, but I would still go Parker more just because I think he, is, skill-wise, has more of an upside than Takumbo. And I agree with you 100% because he shoots three better than Andrew Wiggins. He plays defense better than Andrew Wiggins. And he has a better NBA frame than Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is a slender man who's... Skinny arms, but this guy Parker is built. He he's thick and he plays defense really well, and he fits in with this young core group. That's what I'm saying. And, and if we're evaluating him as a franchise player, you shouldn't compare him to other players. Wiggins is a great comparison. Just saying out of the draft, the same but, draft. But if exactly. you're trying to evaluate him as, can he be our guy over Antetokounmpo as well? Those are the two guys you compare. And I'm just saying, I think Antetokounmpo is awesome, and and part of it is let's just say it expectations. Parker came into the league where, like, he's going to be a superstar. Really, really high expectations. Giannis, uh-uh. not, none. He came in and they're like, "What? what is this guy's name? You know what I mean? So so <laughs> yeah. what he does is more impressive to people just because they didn't expect much from him. That does not the reason you make him the franchise player. You have to look at what you think he can develop. Let's go to the last night's shot. Great shot. Buzzer mm-hmm. beater. Melo got mad. We talked about the maybe five-second back down. He had yeah. 23 seconds back in the basket. <laughs> Yeah. After he made that shot, he jumped with and ran to the bench. Was really happy. I was thinking, is he happy that he just won the game, or is he happy because he didn't expect that shot to go in? Because as great as a shot as that was, he doesn't is and he's as athletic as he is. He's not as fluid a mover as I would like on the court. And that shot he took, I'm sorry, it was tough. Not a high percentage shot. His shot. release was kind of herky jerky. It was great defense. Yeah. I'm not taking away from what he did there. But what I'm saying is that's not him. It's you, not. Do you know what I mean? It's not. No. And he's not going to be that for the future. And so I don't want to get caught up in the, oh, my God, he made the buzzer beater. Look at these stats. He's really great. And I think he would be a great number two. But the question for the Bucks moving forward, and it's a question I think the Knicks have, have answered with Kristoff being their number one, is yeah. who's our number one? Because it, it's either Jabari Parker or we need to find someone because Takumbo I would put as a really good number two. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you on that. I, I, I hear you on all those points. But this is where I'm at because I know he's he's not really the shooter that um, superstars in this league have come to be and known for, that mid-range, the three-point shot. He can't really shoot the ball well. Which, which is I, important to be able to do. That's what I'm saying. With the, evolu- with the revolutionizing the game in the NBA with Steph Curry hitting all these threes, and I think it's time for him to maybe develop that jump shot. And if he can get that down, then I think this is a man that we're going to be talking about for years to come. As a number two on that team, yeah, I can see that because, like we said, with, with Jabari, he's really been flying under the radar and bowling. So. Well, they also play in Milwaukee. And although exactly. with, so you can get to the whole social media and the growing of the NBA brand, small markets don't really exist as much as they did 10, 15 years ago. It's still harder to get national television games for the Bucks and, and it's tough Timberwolves and stuff as it is. Even a team like Miami that's not as good. They still, it's Lakers, Miami. those time teams. So that I'll give them some credit with that. I just think last night's game told us a lot about not only what the Bucks can become. We're giving them a lot of love on the podcast. We are. The Bucks are getting a lot of love, yeah. Um, but also what the Knicks need to fix. 
You and know what I mean? I think it's defense, man. It's been defense for the past 15 years, it's man. It's the hardest thing to do in the NBA. It is. And sometimes it gets overlooked, and we we haven't had the right fit with coach and personnel. I mean, that one year with Tyson Chandler winning defensive player of the year yeah. and winning 50-plus games in 2012, that was the only year in my lifetime I can remember when the, de- when the defense for the New York Knicks was something that pl- players and teams didn't want to see. That, but, that's the thing with basketball on any level. You go to pick up at your local YMCA, you play in high school, you play in college, you play in the NBA. You can win games with offense. And it's a cliche, right? Defense wins championships, offense wins games. Yeah. I thought the Warriors proved that last year, guys. <laughs> they went amazing in the regular season. They won games, but down the stretch they couldn't stop LeBron. Those last three games couldn't do could not stop him. Nope. And and the same with the Knicks is that yeah, Derrick Rose can score more than you expected. Carmelo, I think, is really is, is, is a prolific scorer, but it's the reason that they haven't seen success is because they've only ever really had Carmelo, who is a prolific scorer, but again... Not known for his defense. Not known for his defense, which is, I think, why the team hasn't been able to really go far in the playoffs is because he is who he is. What the G- Knicks need to do is stop <laughs> blaming Melo for their failure and go out and get defensive players. You have to understand what you paid for and do that. The Knicks just don't play defense, so you can't win on any level of basketball if you don't play defense first. And this is New York, man, and this is a a team that players want to play for. And the fact that they haven't been able to land a big free agent signing, it's— Stolen. It's it's, I I hate that. (laughs) That's the one problem with sports. You can't get rid of owners. No. I don't. I think he's maybe the worst owner in the NBA. He doesn't care about the Knicks. He doesn't care if they do well. He cares about the dollars. I also think he looks at them as a toy. I think a lot of owners do this. People don't realize that. Nah. Knicks are worth billion over a billion Probably dollars, one right? Of the most, but if you're yeah. an owner and you're worth maybe I, this isn't his net worth, but I'm saying a billionaire like someone like Bloomberg or whatever, Steve Ballmer for the Clippers, worth forty billion dollars. We think of a billion dollars as oh my god, I'll never see that much money in my life cumulatively. Cumulatively, they look at it as this is my annual salary. Like, like, like it's a toy to them, so they yeah. don't take it as serious. Some and some do. Jerry Jones, for example, in Dallas, I think is someone who loves that sport. There's other owners. Who I mentioned just, Steve Ballmer too. I think he's really passionate. I think about he's, it. of course, you would have to be to take on the Clippers. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So I think that the Knicks have really been hampered by their ownership. I think they failed to kind of that first like what's that first step in rehab understanding accepting your issues yourself or whatever the Knicks never really have gone through the process of saying okay these are our issues we're not good at this Melo's not good at this instead of trying to fit a square peg into a circular hole yeah which they've been doing they love need, that analogy they need to go out and they need to find those circular hole pieces and right yeah know what it comes down to also like when you get those pieces it's, it's about the culture players don't want to come to a team that was known as being a pathetic team for the past 15 years. I mean, the Knicks hasn't really, not the laughing stock of the league, but, you know, they've never really made some noise. Which is why I think they signed Noah. Let's, he's With, a great defensive player. Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. He yeah. was third in MVP voting, whatever, a couple of years ago. When he won the Defensive Player of the Year award yeah. with Chicago in 2011. So I'll give them credit for that. The problem is they did it too late. Like, come on. It's, he's at the latter part of his career where... He's not the same player if he was. He, he was averaging, I think, a 12-12 and, like, 6 with Chicago. Like, and Derrick, and Derrick Rose is so bad at defense that if he ever retires from the NBA, he would be the perfect turn style for the one train down the line See, one, because people just go right through him See that, every single second. One more thing I want to say about the Knicks, and you can follow it up, too, before we move on, but their, their starting positions with Courtney Lee, Derrick Rose, Melo, and Noah, other than Noah and Kristaps, and um, Melo, Courtney Lee, and Derrick Rose can't really guard on the perimeter well, and it's it, it's it's proven to be an issue with them. Given that they're, they're all offense, no D. Exactly. That's that's my point. It's yeah, you have players that can score the ball, but if you can't stop a nosebleed, you're gonna lose six in a row. Like has they like have they? Which doing. is also why I think they're better at home. A good defensive team is usually better or good on the road. You look at them; they suck on the road. Three and twelve on the road. Because offense, a lot of offense is momentum mentality. Defense, you don't need to be, you don't need momentum to be good at defense. And true. And well, well, we talked a lot of Knicks, so let's. Uh, well, they play the Bucks again, so we get to see them up against Giannis on Friday on ESPN at Milwaukee this I time. I want to see whoever's covering that game this week. I want to like maybe steal their <laughs> slash their tires and take that job because this Friday that should be a good one. Get and especially Melo has um that chip on his shoulder. He looked. Really pissed off after after Giannis hit that shot, but that's the New York Knicks. Let's um let's move on to a segment that Reed created. And I really like, and it's the unicorn subject. Oh, you don't need to give me the credit. We're a team here. 
Okay, cool. It's a brainstorming session. Got you. I got you. But you know what? <laughs> I, I seen it. I'm like, yo, this the is a unicorn. Really, it's a really good. It's a good topic. So, what we mean by unicorn is who's that type of player in the league? You could probably explain it better. Go. Well, it's the most unique player in the league. It, it's not the best. I would say a great example of a unicorn. We talked about one of them, Atsukumo. I think you talked pre-production. You love him. We can get into him more. Yeah. But it could also be someone like Nate Robinson. Yeah. Who is just so out there, a kind of player that either you never see again or you, or it's very rare to see someone who's 5'8 and is that athletic, for example. And know what I was just thinking, too? You just said 5'8. Isaiah Thomas can be known as a unicorn, too. And he is playing his butt off right Yeah, now, no, he's, he's great. He's Not playing. as efficient as I like. No, he should Another like one of those scoring point guards. But you're right. Again, guy who's 5'8, drafted the end of the second round, I believe. Last pick in the draft. 60th. Like, like that is that is impressive. That's what a unicorn is, and I think it's a fun discussion. We talked about two biggest ones. I'm just going to put it out there. Takumbo and... Christoph, Christoph for uh, the Knicks, uh, giant seven three for Porzingis and Kubo six six eleven with the seven three wingspan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and the things they can do as if they were six four is unbelievable. I think Christoph is people don't understand his ceiling is. I'm not gonna compare him to Dirk because I think that's a lazy comparison. Uh-huh. Just because you're looking tall, white guy who can shoot. I that, fell into that that. Uh, that um old yeah. I understood that in the beginning, but if you look at his game, it's a lot different than Dirk. I think Kristoff doesn't rely on the three. I think he's he's a, he's a lot more of an interior player. And he's much more athletic than Dirk has ever been. And I think that his frame that's true. And I think his frame can grow a lot more than a he's tall and skinny now, but remember, he would be a sophomore in college or a junior in college if he was in college. That's crazy, man. If give him a couple years, I think he actually has the frame to put on weight and God forbid he ever if he puts on fifty pounds, Bro. the NBA and the Knicks. Oh wow, that would be impressive. I'm really high on Christos Brazingis and what you just said right there is hundred percent right, man. If he can build up maybe let's not say fifty, let's call it twenty pounds. If he can get twenty pounds of muscle onto that kid's frame with the seven three wingspan, the defense he plays, the running up and down the court well at a seven three as a seven three big man shooting the three, mixing in mid range, he he does everything well on the court and that's that's definitely a unicorn in this league right now. I mean, we can talk about a unicorn also being, I mean, obviously LeBron, Steph Curry, those guys are unicorn. Like, they're special, but I think this discussion is more players you might not necessarily know or think of as a superstar, but that are really unique in their style of play. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's why before in the pre-production meeting, I kind of wanted to say Giannis for my unicorn, but now thinking about it, I think I'm gonna go with Isaiah Thomas, man. It's that's a great pick. I think, and honestly, I think he got robbed for Eastern Conference Player of the Month in December. John Wall got it over him, averaging, I seen it right before, let me just make sure. He was averaging like 22 and 11 and like 6, John Wall was, which are great stats. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, but um, this guy, Isaiah Thomas, I think he was averaging 35 a game in December with like 7 assists, so he's been balling, and that's my unicorn. What about you? Um, well, let me, let me, I'm thinking about that, but quick, I'm thinking about this. This is how good KP can be, Kristoff. They're doing, you do analytical projections and, and kind of you compare that to other players and their career paths and what their stats will be. Mm-hmm. Right now in the year 2022, when KP will be in his prime, he is projected to average 32.1 points per game and 9.5 rebounds. Oh, man. That is ridiculous <laughs> if he could do that. And that is the ceiling he has, just for you Nick fans out there. That is the ceiling your unicorn I want to say something about Chris Ops too, for when we're on the, the topic of ceiling throughout this podcast. I think he is an MVP with before his career is over. He will, get, he will win an MVP with the New um, York Knicks, I think. What do you think? Is that too far fetched? Am I am I out there or am I on track? Where am I at? I'm trying to think. I'm try- that all depends on the success of the Knicks. And that history has told us has not been great. That's the only reason I'm hesitant. I think he has the talent to do it. And if he won the MVP, he wouldn't be the worst MVP in history, Steph Curry. So <laughs> that's a possibility, but I would have to you have to wait for LeBron to either get a little bit older or the Cavs to fall off. Because if anyone's winning an MVP in the East, it has to be someone that lives within the Ohio region. <laughs> and know? I can't I can't let you get past that. What would you say about Steph Curry right there? I think Steph Curry's completely overrated. Should not have ever won the MVP. Let alone two times in a row and unanimous. being the first unanimous MVP, and then I always get called a hater. You don't. I think Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. I just think he is what he is, just like what Melo is what he is. And Curry is 
so bad on defense that this year, guys, he was taken out in the fourth quarter due to strategical reasons. Reasons that is not an MVP. And no, player. it's another. No, it's another thing. He doesn't guard elite players. That's well, what I'm saying. Clay Thompson guards the elite point guards that you go against every night in the NBA. Clay, Steph is not guarding. Who them. was the focus for the Warriors on Christmas Day against the Cleveland? It was not Mr. Chef Curry. It was Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. I don't want to get this. We go in the soapbox all the time. That's tweet. You guys can tweet me. Read underscore corner if you have a problem <laughs> with that because. I just that's my opinion of Curry, and it's not a hateful one. I think he's an all-time great player, will be in the Hall of Fame one day, but he's not the most valuable player in this league, and never has been. He's been the most exciting player at times. I think I think the last year's MVP was worth was worth getting it. I mean, they won seventy three games, but I think the first MVP he won right before that. I think there was definitely some more candidates out there that should have won. Before we move but, on, Joel Embiid. Another unicorn candidate. That is a great one. He's man. kind that of like he's one. kind of like Blake Griffin in that he came in was thought to be very mobile, not nearly as above-the-rim player, but he's very mobile for a big man. He's shown that, wow, when healthy, he can play. I don't think his ceiling, again, is as good as Takumbo or... Health. Health is an um, issue for him. But even if he's healthy, honestly. And a lot of people, a lot of um, NBA analyst reporters before um, that NBA draft, I think it was 2013, were comparing him to Hakeem Aljuwan with the dream shake but and But DeMarcus everything. Cousins just recently played him and afterwards was very candid in his post-game um, interview and was like, this guy is ridiculously good. He's, I've seen he's, that. He could yeah. be the best player in this league type of deal. I've seen that, I mean, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but... That's high praise from a player who's I would say is top three big man in the league right now. I would probably say, actually he's a hothead, so I don't think I'd put him number one. I'm right talking now. just skill wise. I'm skill not talking wise. about building a team around him. I'm talking about just yeah, no, you're right. Being yeah, a he's center, top three definitely, 100. percent And for Joel Embiid, he's definitely that unicorn because we didn't see him for the first two years. He was not on the court dealing with ankle surgery after busy ankle tweeting surgery. Rihanna, busy tweeting Rihanna trying to get a date with her. Oh, that was an interesting story. He was like, "Oh, I gotta get, I gotta make an All Star game before I could do that." I was cracking. You gotta do up. a lot of things before you do that. But oh yeah, exactly. That's just uh, ask Drake. <laughs> oh, let's call, let's call up Champagne Poppy. Let's see if we can get him on the show. That, that would be so. <laughs> Breaking good. news: Joel Embiid signed to the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when you know it's real. That's when you know that he's. Uh, it's I rude. think we covered all the unicorns. Did I miss anyone? No, man. That's. Uh, I think we got good ones. You got KP. We got uh, Giannis, Isaiah, Joel. Um, I feel like I'm missing a small like we all went big men. The theme seemed too big men. Like I'm trying to think of guards, but I think it's such a guard driven league that it's very hard to find a guard that's unique within the NBA. Yeah. Uh I would say someone's a unicorn only because he's a dying species, Tony Allen. Defensive first that's player. That's it, man. No Amon Shumpert, maybe. Like, like, <laughs> they're not special, but they're, I don't you don't see many guards nowadays that are defense. Specialized in defense, yeah. And I love that, honestly. If I'm building a team, my philosophy is defense turns into offense. And look, both of them have Jewelry. Look at oh yeah, look at Miami with LeBron and Wade. That team people will forget was a defensive first team. They turned their defense into offense. And Chris Bosch did a lot for them on that defensive end. He I think he got not he didn't get a lot of credit with that Miami team, but he should have gotten way more credit. Exactly. And you saw the once LeBron and Wade kind of left, he back to twenty two and ten. Exactly. And I'm really that's just a little side note. I really hope he gets well and he he comes back to the NBA dealing with the blood clots. Prediction. He'll Go. come back to the NBA. Will sign with the Toronto Raptors. I'm coming back. home. <laughs> He'll get less money, and that Whoa. team could really use him. Imagine that Toronto Raptors team. They signed Chris Bosh. All of a sudden, with DeRozan and with Kyle Lowry. All of a sudden, well, I don't like Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. I would rather. Yeah, no, you're I, right. Playoffs look, is bad. He's like a gingerbread man <laughs> in the playoffs. He just kind of crumbles under pressure. But that being said, Bosh signs with Toronto. Not only all the gossip on LeBron. You know, <laughs> I'm joking. No, but no, I got but you. the moment that happens. LeBron James isn't sleeping too soundly. He's still going to bed as the king. But, you know, he has he one eye open to our friends up north. No, you're right. It's That's the team. I remember we were transitioning to this next topic is um, who who do you who do we think is going to be the next team to be in the finals that is on the east? Are we doing just east for this topic? It's just I a- think, yeah, I think it's east. It's more, we're piggybacking this off of how dominant LeBron has been with the Cavs. People, yeah. people have kind of side-noted this because... They'd focus on each year. But if you look back at it, LeBron has been in the finals how many years consecutively Six. now? Like, that is ridiculous. It's never happened before. Well, with Bill Russell, yeah. But, but those, if you're in the same conversation as Bill Russell, you're in a special era of basketball. And as much as people like to say, we like uh, change, we like, uh, <laughs> no, we don't. We love our stars. We love to get as much of our stars as possible. This Warriors, Cavs, East, West Coast I love rivalry, it. I love rivalry it. has been amazing for the NBA. That being said, another tangent we went on. I guess our, this topic is, and correct me if I'm wrong, what team in the East 
will make the finals that won't have LeBron James yes, on their roster. That, that is the topic. And you go first because I, I got a couple things to think about. Um, well, okay. We were talking, I was thinking about this, and your first gut reaction would be, oh, who's the second best team in the East? The Raptors, people would think. But the assumption is that doesn't have LeBron James on their roster. So I think LeBron's going to be in the finals, at least, especially with Kyrie, and Kevin Love's really fit well with that Cavaliers team now. Um, yeah. I think that they're going to be in the finals for the next couple of years. So I you, think so. I'm when thinking about this this decision, we're projecting more five years into the future. What team in the East will be finals contenders in five years? Who do you got? Well, we talked earlier about the Bucks. I love the Bucks. I think the Bucks yeah. are going to be great. I think the Miami Heat are going to be in contention just because of their ability to get to free not, agents. To get free agents, and I think they're amazingly good at the draft. They yeah. stole Justice Winslow with that number ten. Number pick. ten, that was a steal. I, I want the Knicks to draft him. I think Winslow's good, and again, not going to be a superstar, but wasn't drafted to be one. So I think the Heat, you can never count them out, especially as long as uh, Pat Riley's down there. Yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to think. I think the Knicks. I would. I don't want to say. I would say the Knicks if they hadn't completely hampered themselves with uh, but, the signing of Rose and Noah and all let, that stuff. Let's say, like you said, it's, this is more like a five years down the road type situation because the Cavs are starting to hit stride, and the longer they play together, the better they get. So this is more of like a four or five years down the line type situation, and who knows? Let's say three years from now they they blow that team up, get rid of all those contracts, and Kristaps is there by himself, not by himself, but you know, like with with without Melo, without Rose, without Noah, and maybe let's say they get another superstar, they can start building around Kristaps. I I wouldn't put it a put yeah, it. Yeah, I think the Knicks can probably be a contender, but I don't think getting to the final. It's a tough you're, one. It's tough. You're you're putting a lot of ifs and not maybes, and I'm not saying yeah. you're wrong. It's a possibility, but I think. The team I would project to be in the finals, and this might be boring because they've been in the finals, I think, more than any other team in history. Celtics? The Celtics. Yeah. I think, I don't know that Isaiah Thomas, as great as he is, will be their franchise player, but I think Brad Stevens is top five coach in this league. He might. He's think, top candidate for coach of the year right And now. I think he's a brilliant mind who has really elevated this Celtics team. And not only that, the Celtics have completely, they're, they're two franchises, and when, come draft day, there are always two franchises in one, as in they have basically all of the Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Nets. Brooklyn. And we had this conversation last podcast. Literally, the next first-round pick for the Brooklyn Nets Five. is probably 15 right now. I was going to say, yeah, years down the road. So they, I think, are, have a great chance, although I think they whiffed this year with Jalen Brown in the draft. I don't. I was at yeah. the draft. Don't know why they took him there. Who was available? Who who, who was drafted after? Everyone. Yeah? Everyone was available. Everybody. I thought, <laughs> I'm going to look he, up that draft. Right I now. think he's good. I just don't think he's necessarily what should have gone. But that being said, they have a lot of room for error because they have so many picks. So I have to believe, combined with the great front office they have there, the great coaching they have there, he can develop players. I think that they're going to get lucky in the draft and wouldn't be surprised and if we see them in the finals. I think that's a great pick, Reed, because like you said, you, you, you made your point very clear. They have two, basically two teams' draft picks, their own and Brooklyn for the next Various years coming up, they have a great the GM. Brooklyn Celtics. The Brooklyn Celtics. Oh, that's great. So they they got a great GM in um, Danny Ainge. They got a great coach in Brad Stevens. They got, I think, is he a super, he's a star? I would call not a superstar. I would call Isaiah Thomas a star. You're giving out superstars too much. Superstar is a very elite. No, I would say I'm a superstar star. is like five players in the league at most. But I'm saying star, just no superstar. I think he's just, a. I think he's a star player. Exactly. Yeah. He's a, all, we've been in the All Star team. A couple overlooked. Times. I think a superstar is like LeBron. Most improved player he got uh, two years ago with the Phoenix Suns. That's what I'm saying. I think he's a star. I just don't think it's a big man's game. As great as he's been at his age, at his age, his size, you, I just will never believe you can build a team around a player six but, footer under. But they have a great core too. That's why I really like your pick. They got Amir Johnson, no, and that's why I think they're good. But Isaiah Thomas, even with Allen Iverson, one of the greatest players ever, awesome. Yeah. I don't really think you could build a team around him for sustained success. It's just hard. It's hard. You're and small. It's a rough game. Ask the Sixers, man. They they had him for 12 years, and they got to a finals with, with Eric Snow as their second-best player. What do you think about this pick? Charlotte Hornets. I like that team. Kemba Walker, undersized again, but they have Zeller, who I like. I've Batum, who I thought was a great signing. I've got to see the Hornets a couple times this year. Me Actually, too. Yeah. So it's, it's, I like Kemba Walker a lot. New York bred player. Straight out the Bronx, New York. Went to Rice High School, prestigious high school basketball um, uh, school that's been been shut down now. But I think Kemba Walker is a star in this league. Not superstar, star. And they have a good group with Cody Zeller. Is it Tyler Zeller or Cody Zeller? Cody. Cody Zeller. Nicholas Batum can ball. They have um, 
I'm trying to think. They got a couple other players. Marvin Williams. I think that that's that's kind of a stretch though because they don't. Okay, have... then what do you think about this? Is another team I think people overlooking. I had at the beginning of this season one of the best teams in the East, Detroit Pistons. Andre Drummond, top three big man. In you the know league. what? That's really interesting. You say that because I've like haven't even thought about them all Reggie year. Reggie Jackson is not a great point guard, but he's good. I think Caldwell Pope again is not amazing, but good. They're really solid, and I think Drummond is again one of the best big men in this league. If they could find a Maybe Goran Dragic gets traded traded from the Miami to them. If they can find a dynamic guard to complement um, to buy down low, they got Tobias, they have Harris. Tobias Harris. I really think that they could quickly, a lot faster than we think, become one of those contenders. And know what? Those that was one of the teams this year that people probably had at the top of their list in the Eastern Conference, and they really haven't panned out. I mean, they they're not playing well at well, all. I think I think yeah, there's going to be well, basically my this, I think the Raptors can still be great. I'm not saying the Raptors are not going to be good five years from now. I'm just saying they're in their prime or pretty close to their prime now. So yeah. five years from now, I don't love Lowry as a point guard. I think he's really good in the regular season. He hasn't proven it in the playoffs yet. And, again, I think DeMar DeRozan, best player in that team, but they're missing a piece. So if they can get that piece over the next five years, they're in it. It's them, the Celtics, or the Milwaukee Bucks, honestly. This, yeah, this, this is a team that I was just thinking about while we're having this conversation because all the teams you mentioned were definitely on my radar. I was probably going to say Boston or Toronto, but now looking at it and thinking about what's coming up in free agency and if, if um, this team can land a, land a free agent, what, what, what do you think about Washington, who got to the second round of the playoffs two years ago with, with Paul Pierce? And yeah. they, ha- they have a John Wall. They have a Bradley Beal. John Wall is, is a superstar, I think. Aver- he's yeah. been averaging 20 and 10 for the last two years now. I think we need to find tangent. I think we need to find a category in between star and superstar. Because I feel like LeBron James, or, or at least elevate someone like LeBron to legend star or some some kind of. <laughs> I need to trade. Let's get our lawyers. Do we have lawyers? Here? <laughs> I don't if know. we do, I want to hire one and trademark something because we need to like categorize someone like LeBron as beyond a superstar. Like Just you, so, yeah, like LeBron's a, I don't know, poster boy. Anyways, Washington's good, but when doing projections in sports especially, or in anything really, I think the best way to predict the future is to learn about your past. It's one of those kind of cliche things. But you look at Washington. And I would say John Wall's a top five point guard in this league. Yeah, top I five think, for sure. I think the Washington Wizards, though, have proven that they have mismanaged their ability to build a team around him. You're right. So if they've failed to do that in the past, now they've got some good draft picks. Otto Porter, Bradley, I like Otto Porter Bradley Beal when healthy. I mean, he's he always he's, he's he, struggling a lot. He, uh, he, he he continuously misses like six weeks consecutive, six seven weeks That's consecutively, not good. Not good, not every good. year. But. So they've not failed, but they are just missing whatever it is, and and they haven't proven to be able to do it yet. So I have a hard time. I can't say confidently, yeah, they're going to be better in five years from now. You know See, what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. But that's that's the same reason I thought the Heat the, would be good. Is that yeah. the, even though they suck right now, they're not suck. Hassan Whiteside, another top big man in the league. I, I literally think in the same segment we just mentioned some of the best big men in the league. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside is dangerous. I don't know how he got this good. He, he seven years all of a sudden he became amazing. Great at rebounding. Blocking shots, too. And I think that not only the city, but him, the Heat, are really good at attracting free agents. Justice Winslow, I think that the Heat have proven to be able to surprise us and and work in free agency that we can't count them out. And I think what this topic really relies on is that landing of a a free agent. Because in order to compete with the Cleveland Cavaliers, none of these teams in the East are as, as as constructed now can compete with them. Yeah, and LeBron is aged as a superstar as well as a superstar can. Honestly, going to six straight finals, this man still he doesn't miss games unless it's rest. He's not hurt. He's not in pain. He and just, people have a problem with him doing that. I mean, that's another do you topic. have a problem with it? Because uh, I, mean, I know we can talk about a, this. Do while. I have a problem with? No. But I understand if I'm a fan, for example, the big famous one's the Memphis, Memphis game, right? Memphis, and you pay money to go see him play. And I think the NBA, I don't have a problem with that, but I think it's the NBA needs to do something to, like, compensate the fans. Because that's, and they, they just turn a blind eye, and I pay 300 bucks for a seat to watch LeBron play. And he's not and playing he's for not rest. playing. I think the NBA should be like, okay. That's like, what, yeah, the NBA should we, step we'll, in. We'll, we'll give you, like, 20% off, 50% off your seats because they should do that. I mean, that's ridiculous. You pay for who you're going to see, and if if they choose not to play simply because they want to But rest. as an individual in LeBron, do you. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't no, care yeah. about you in Memphis. I care about you in— April and May. In April and May. Yeah, see, so. I, I, exactly. I couldn't have said it better, so we could talk about that a bunch. But let's, um, let's transition a little bit here as we— uh, 
We're almost done. Yeah, we're almost oh, done here. Damn. What are we transitioning to? I think we covered everything. This is this is my favorite subject. This is the subject I want. I think I might end up writing an article for this. Oh yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Is the uh, this is the big one? I, I really love this. this okay, this so topic. let's all let's all put our hypothetical hats on and jump into uh, well, a time machine going to the future. Yeah. Let's say the NBA team decides that they're going to add a team to the league. They wouldn't. They'd have to add two. But let's just say. Let's, let's say. Yeah. Hypothetically what speaking, what city would you choose to have a new a team and why? That was my thing. Do you? I have a whole. I've decided. I have backed this up. I have, I'm really on. I'm 100 percent on this. I want to start a campaign. I looked online to try and sign a petition to bring a team to the city. Like really, I'm I'm into this. I want to hear it because I I still don't have mine. So you don't me, have yours. I don't okay. have mine. Go. So. Uh, my city is Vancouver. Oh, yo, I loved when the Grizzlies Vancouver were there. Vancouver needs to get an NBA team. And full disclaimer, I am Canadian, born in Canada. I, the, oh, I didn't know I that. grew up in Florida. So maybe a little bit biased. You can't run for president. Yes, I can. Dad's American. Oh, there I, you go. I, became, I, I will be president one day, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to get into my... Anyways. <laughs> Vancouver. I Vancouver. Love Love. I think that people, when they think about the Grizzlies, they think about mediocrity. They only won 28% of their games. 100, they won 101 games while there. The lowest winning percentage in NBA history for a franchise. Oof. I get that. But listen to this. They only had six seasons. and even They never made the playoffs, never had an all-star, but six seasons. And as an, as an expansion team, you got to give them more time than that. I, I think, think so, a lot yeah. of people have this problem with that. Whatever. I think it's kind of chalked up to that Vancouver as a city maybe wasn't ready to handle an NBA franchise the way the NBA wanted them to handle it. Yeah. So I had to think about why they would be ready. Here are my reasons why I think Vancouver's now better prepared than they were back then. Go. For the past three years, they've led Canada in economic growth. Not and The economy of Vancouver has taken off. I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver. No, I've been to Toronto, though. Nothing like Toronto. Okay. Vancouver is maybe the most beautiful city I've ever been to. Really? I love it there. What's it, beautiful about it? It's just clean. It's everything's well done. It's it's beautiful. It, it it's it's a metropolitan area mixed with mountains. I was gonna say how was the views? Yeah. I went to high school in Palo Alto, California. It's a lot like Palo Alto, but as like if Palo Alto were ten times larger in a city. It's a wonderfully breathtaking place. Okay. And their economy has skyrocketed, which means the people within Vancouver have more money, which means they're more likely to be able to buy things like season tickets and yeah. merchandise and support a team, right? Get people to the games. Vancouver has also, over the past couple of years, pr- tried to prove to the world that it can handle big-time sporting events and sports teams. They host the 2010 Winter Olympics, 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup. And they also have two pro teams now, the Vancouver Whitecaps and the MLS, and of course the Vancouver the Canucks. Canucks and the NHL. And both of those teams have sustained their fan bases and, and their teams to a high level. Uh-huh. So they have the infrastructure, they have the economy, and they have the track record now that shows they can support a team. Now, I was reading up on this, and one of the things is people, the players looked at Vancouver as basketball purgatory. Steve Francis. No. Infamously, basically got drafted, I believe, and then forced his trade right away to, to the Rockets. To the Rockets, and basically, Vancouver ended their time in Vancouver by throwing batteries at him while he played the final. He actually played the final game at Vancouver. Vancouver's final game, they hosted Houston with and Francis. They were throwing stuff at they him. They were throwing batteries at oh. him. I don't understand why, but Duracell probably had a good day that day. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Uh-oh. But if you're, and this might get a little bit of economics, but I think this is really interesting and important to say. It's important to talk about the economics movement. I have a question for you before we get into this. There's a question I had, and I think a lot of people don't think about it, but they don't know the answer to. Go. If you're a player in the Toronto Raptors, you get signed to a $60 million contract, right? Mm-hmm. Do you get paid in Canadian or American dollars? I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say it's Canadian dollars. That would make no sense, though. But if you're it in would, Canada. Would, right? Not true. NBA players in Canada get paid in American dollars. Right now, the exchange rate, for every one American dollar, you get $1.32 Canadian. Not a big deal, right? No. little extra change. Maybe you get a nice gumball at the gumball machine if you were in the 40s. <laughs> but if you go to contract levels of $100 million, if you're a superstar in Canada... You get paid a hundred million dollars in the states. If you get you get paid the same amount in American dollars in Canada, but that a hundred million dollars in Canadian it takes you further. It's one hundred and thirty-one million dollars, nine hundred eighty-four thousand nine hundred ninety-four dollars. That's a lot more money. That's a lot. So more. if you go and play in Vancouver, this wonderfully beautiful city, you now have 
about 31 million more dollars to spend there than you would if you had the exact same contract in the states that's amazing Sec- oh, third i believe is my third third I, whatever another reason Vancouver is an amazing place to live in. I'm not talking about what it looks like because you could say, oh, what if you're not rich? What if you don't have this? If you're an NBA player, you're going to be rich. Hmm. Vancouver, um, a consulting firm, Mercer, they're kind of a famous, uh, they do surveys and best this, whatever. Uh, They just released their latest survey. Vancouver is the number one rated city to live in in North America. Really? Number one? Number five in the world. It's this, no one, I'm telling you, go to Vancouver, you know what I mean. It's a great city, huh? I love Vancouver. Um, so as an NBA player, you get paid more money. Quality of life there is the most in North America. Uh, now, what's the biggest argument people have about playing in Canada? It, they go, it's it's travel issues too. Travel issues, I guess, but and it's at the corner too. This was the problem Vancouver had back when they had the Grizzlies too. Is that they didn't have direct flights really that went to Vancouver, and so the team would have to fly. I forgot the name of the town, but then they would, they'd fly fifty minutes um, east or west. I think east of Vancouver and have to take a bus in every Oof. single time. Not the case now. Vancouver built a new airport. Again, a beautiful airport. Yeah. So you can fly directly to there. So that's not a problem It's anymore. a growing city. It's, it's the growing city. I'm telling you, not only when I talk about economic growth, their economic growth is number one in Canada, but it's twice as much as the, as the city behind them. Like, they're booming. Yeah. Uh, the West Coast in general is. Now, people always go, Canada, high taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's income taxes. So, like, for example, same reason someone wants to sign with Dallas that, or no Florida. Tax. No income tax. You go to Canada, everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, you get paid more money, exchange rate read. You pay a lot of taxes, but really, if you go deep into it, and I did, <laughs> that um, the highest personal tax rates in the U.S. Um, is comparatively about thirty-nine percent of your income, thirty, forty, whatever, and then you pay an additional uh, like two something percent tax for um, Medicare and stuff like that, which leads up to about forty-two percent, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty high. Yeah. In Canada, the highest marginal tax rate is actually only twenty-nine percent. Now, it varies just like in the States per city. In Toronto, um, it's a lot more than that. This, that's just the average I gave that's you. The average, yeah. So Toronto, it's a lot more. It averages or whatever. So overall, though, it, for example, in Toronto, you only, play two, you only pay 2.7% more in taxes than you would in a New York City. No, 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 not even New York City. In a Florida, whatever. Okay. So it's really, there's no difference in taxes. One of the biggest myths of sports. There's no difference in, tax, in, yeah. in taxes between Canada and America because... We live in New York City. My mom lives in New York High City. Taxes. I swear she pays half her income in taxes. Like, like yeah. this is not the the taxes are not what's. And on top of that, I told you they make more money. So, after all that long-winded segment, I'm telling you, Vancouver is a city that needs to get a team. And you know, they what? only had six years, and now they're ready to show you. And only that the NBA would want that. It extends the brand internationally. Yeah. I mean, that's what the NBA wants. You don't go to South New Mexico City. You don't go east over across the pond to London. You go up north. They can do it. I think so, and honestly, you 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 stated your point beautifully. And more, I want this more than Seattle, honestly. Uh, that's that's my city. I don't have the background information like you do. I sorry with the Vancouver's la- a lot like Seattle though. They literally are it's so close right, to each really other. They're right next to each yeah. other. So honestly, it's it's probably similar situations. And I I was really upset when they left when the Supersonics left the first time. I kind of was like, why are they going to Oklahoma City when Seattle is kind of. I also bigger city. No? I also hate when teams move. Why do they keep the name? I think Vancouver Grizzlies had awesome colors, great name because Vancouver. But like when you go to Memphis, why not change your name? Why keep the Grizzlies? The same reason that when the Jazz moved from New Orleans to Utah. Like what's jazzy about Utah? Why not change the name? The reason why you're in New Orleans, you're called Jazz. That's what I'm jazz, saying. But when you're in Utah, there's nothing that do reason, with Jazz. Same reason the pe- they changed the Pelicans from the Hornets. Like I, I just never understood that either. If you're rebranding, if you're going through all the effort and money to move cities and whatever, change, change your, your name. Change your mascot. That's what the Thunder did. I mean, they were the Supersonics, and now they're the Thunder. But I, I think it's important. So they couldn't be the Grizzlies anymore. But uh, regardless, I think that's just my thing. You could, you could, you could disagree with me. No, man, I agree hundred percent. And but... I, I loved. See, I, if I would disagree, I, you would hear it. But I think that's a great point which you made. And Vancouver's a great city. I mean, you just hit on every point. They're growing, new airport. No, none of that direct. None of that uh, layover with the bus or whatever. So it's it's economy's growing. I get, love it. You, I want to live in Vancouver one day. I want to go there, you know, because I've been to Toronto, which is like the stereotype place to go in Canada. Yeah. And it's it's really close to both. It's basically a... I go 50- to Toronto a lot because my grandpa... I was born there. My grandpa lives there. It's nice. It's a 50-minute plane ride. It's I like think, really close. Uh, I, it's, I think Vancouver, though, is my favorite city in Canada. I would love to go, I'm man. I'm not going to lie. That's on my bucket list now. It, it hasn't been in my mind. The problem with Vancouver the- is they don't have any kind of uh, monuments or things you go to visit. 
So if you don't have family that lives there, whatever, I can't really tell you, oh, yeah, when you go to Vancouver, do this, do, do this. In Toronto, you have the CN Tower, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But, um, yeah, Vancouver is my number one team for the NBA. See, I love that, and the city right next to it is Seattle. I think they should bring a team back there. Well, if you, well why not do that? I think they should. You, if you bring a team, if you want to expand bring a both team, of them back. you need two, two teams, right? Put two. one. Although they're both West Coast, so it would be weird to put one in the Eastern Conference and one in the West. Oh, so maybe let's let's think about an East Coast team. Maybe like uh, if they could do the Vancouver, what about... Um, Just don't give New York any more teams. New no, York, no, no, no. The no, state no, of no. New York is, is, is like a hoarder of teams. What if there was like the Queens or something? I would like, hate that. It, it would, would just be, be the Battle of the Boroughs. Really the Bronx would. Bombers. The Queens <laughs> King, the Queens Kings. The King, King of Queens. The Queen, oh, oh see, that's, that's a, that would be a that'd good be nickname a good for a Queens team. Um, I think you got to move south with teams. I think you have too many kind of northeastern maybe teams. Like, um, maybe like Alabama. I think well, some of the talks have been Omaha. Uh, yeah, not, not, no, don't put one in Alabama. No, don't. That's not a football. It's not a. It's, it's a football not a state. basketball yeah, state. It's a football state. Um, that was just bring, I was just throwing that out there. Uh, what, what's another one? Damn, East Coast, East Coast. Maybe like um, Charleston, like South Carolina. I don't know. No, I'm trying to think. There is one I'm missing. There's a big city in the East that doesn't have a team. What is it? I know it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm 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 forgetting it. But um, it might be in Ohio. Wait, no, Ohio doesn't need another team either. True, not Vermont. It's 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 going there. Anyways, I I'm trying to think. Who's it? We'll playing. come back to that. We'll do come do back we have any other th- before we get going? Do you have anything you want to touch on? Um, well, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. I'm a beat reporter for them, so I got to throw this out there. They are playing the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow at the Barclays Center. I'll be there. Not to see the Nets, though. Not to see. I'll be uh, seeing one of the best players of our generation play, and I'm very excited. Very excited about it. And yeah, so that I'll have the coverage for you on wfuv.org/sports. And um, anything to add before we go, Reed? Um, I hope you guys had a great New Year, safe New Year. Can't wait for the upcoming NBA season. I want to see you guys here next week, yes. as me and Tyler, I assume, will be talking about. New stuff, same sport. And I was just going to say this. This is going to be our set time now. I talked to Bob. So Thursdays, 12 o'clock noon is when we're going to do the show. But we'll get it up for you later on Thursday night. So, yeah, that's it. I think it was a great show, Reed. Happy New Year. And um, I'm Tyler Freer alongside Reed Horner. This is Pick and Pod, a production of WFUV Sports. Yo, yo.